Welcome to Sister Conversations with Ayana Blake, a healthy and safe space for women to collect inspirational tools, tips, and stories to become their best selves. Expect unfiltered truths and empowering strategies, along with compelling interviews and group discussions to become a more effective woman. Thank you for spending time with us today. Now, let's jump into our daily dose of practical sister conversations. Hi, everyone. I am Ayana Blake, and this is Sister Conversations. In this episode, I speak with Crystal Macklin. Y'all, this young lady is on the move. I am excited to have met her, to have talked to her. She has a heart for women. I am delighted to share her story with you today. Pull up your seats fasten your seatbelts, and let's hear this sister's testimony on how to live again life after divorce. Ladies, please help me welcome Crystal Macklin. Well, good to see you. You too. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad that you came. How was your day? Um, I haven't really done much. <laughs> I ran some errands, uh, got some coffee, got the car washed, walked three miles. Okay. To get back into, listen, I'm trying, trying COVID weight. Um, and that's it. Then came home and got dressed and got ready for this. Yeah. How has COVID changed you? Um, let's see. I'm such a routine person. Mm-hmm. Um, so COVID taught me how to adjust You know, like when you're such a routine person and it's like kind of, you know, your world is like a little turned around or not as normal as you would think. You know, I kind of like go to Dunkin Donuts in the morning, hop on a beltway, go to work. And it's kind of like routine. And COVID was like a a huge adjustment for me because like, you know, I'm so social and have these like lists of events. And I'm like, I'm not going to do with my time now. (laughs) It's like all these different things. So I've learned to relax. I've learned how to sit and do nothing and just rest and reset um, writing again. And, you know, like sometimes it's okay to just sit in bed and watch TV. (sighs) I'm learning that, too. I am learning that, too. I don't even know. You know, It's It's, it's a big adjustment. I don't even know if you learn how to master something like that. But I think COVID was a good start to that for us Mm -hmm. all, Mm -hmm. the busy bees in us all. Yes. I was like, you know what? I probably needed to take a break and Mm -hmm. reset, Mm -hmm. recharge and kind of um, appreciate things more Mm -hmm. that we took for granted. Um, Having those busy schedules, but Mm -hmm. also being able to just relax. Yes. Uh, The Lord put me in remembrance of some prayers that I had prayed. I need a break. I'm tired. I need a break. (laughs) He's like, oh, you tired? Okay, let me shut the whole world down. Oh, yes. Didn't he do it? Yes. (laughs) Well, it's good to see you. You And for our listeners, tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name is Crystal Macklin. I am the eldest of 
two children. Um, I'm a pastor's daughter, so my parents pastor in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland now, at the sanctuary at Kingdom Square. Um, in ministry, I'm active in several min- several ministries now. Um, due to COVID, things have been like completely virtual, so learning how to adjust to that, and then slowly, gradually getting back to in-person worship services and meetings and ministry activities. Um, As far as in my career, um, I'm in property management. So I manage multifamily buildings in DC in the district, um, which is like retail and commercial and in addition to residential. So um, I've been working for Graystar now for like four and a half years and been in the industry for 12. So I have like the ministry side of me, but then I have this also corporate America girl that I'm able to like wear and change different hats. But that's, that's a little bit about me. And I'm a dog mom. So I have a mini golden doodle, um, Kobe, who is like, you know, the most lovable dog you can ever meet in life. So I'm a, a dog mom me. too. So we got some things in common. Yes, they're so needy, but they're so lovable and Mm -hmm. cozy and cuddly and just perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I read your bio Mm -hmm. and it starts out with, and I'll just read a bit of it. It says everything and everyone evolves. This evolution leaves stained memories of the places we have been, the people we have encountered and the possibilities that yet remain mm-hmm I said oh she a little deep so <laughs> so tell me what does that mean to you I, I feel like you know as you evolve into especially we're talking you know women um we're always like there's always change in the world right that's that's what life is life brings so much change and how you adapt to change really makes who you are I feel like Oftentimes, we don't realize how much we evolve, age, maturity, our bodies change as women, you know, our attitude adjustments, life happens. And then how do we, you know, deal with and embark upon those things? And if you, you know, ever realize, honestly, um, that you're always going to be in a changing or a transitional season of life, you're able to adjust in any environment. It's almost like a chameleon. So you're able to go in church environment or Mm -hmm. corporate America or social. And I believe, you know, you just hearsay, not to brag, that I can be that person in any environment to make women, men, children, boys and girls, especially women, feel empowered, feel as though that they can accomplish anything. They can go in and they can embark and change. And I just, you know, I just leave a little sprinkles everywhere I go. That's what I always tell. Well, that's what it's about, right? So where are you in your evolution? What stage are you in? I'm sure I'm not your age. (laughs) (laughs) I have a strong sense that I'm much older. And so hear me when I say there's always going to be an evolution, mm-hmm. whether whatever stage that is. Mm-hmm. But for this particular season, where are you in the evolution? So I feel like um, this is like part two or second half of or um, jumpstart crystal. I always say that because so prior to COVID in February of last year, I was, you know, went through a divorce and, you know, it's traumatic. Um, it's grief. You lose, you lost, you gain. Um, and, you know, that was like a transitional moment because, you know, I, I'd never been through it before and I really didn't have a whole lot of people around me in my inner circle, family and friends, church family, um, who's been through that before and how to process that. 
Um, and so I always say, make the joke about COVID. We were talking earlier about the break in the season. Um, the evolution that I'm in now is like the new birth from that phase, that transition. It's like, mm-hmm. who am I now? Now that I'm not attached to the marriage anymore, I'm not attached to feeling ashamed or embarrassed, or I'm not grieving or in a hiding place. Um, so you see this person now, you're People are like, oh, you're glowing. You're this new, you're so vibrant. I'm like, I went through a hiding season. Um, and that hiding season, God was able to mold me and reshape me, broke me down. Um, and not always in a negative, you know, space, because when you do get married, the two become one, right? And mm-hmm. so I now have to learn how to live alone again and how to be comfortable in my own skin. And as a single woman, what, you know, thoughts, wishes, dreams, hopes, desires, but that evolution now is like regaining my strength back. Um, You know, of course, doing a lot of different interviews, podcasts, you know, shows, ministry opportunities, because for almost two and a half years, I stopped doing all those things in order for for me to deal with what I was dealing with personally. Mm. And oftentimes women, we feel as though that we still have to put on the super, super woman cape and oh, still man. do it all. Mm-hmm. And it was okay for me to put the cape away, hang it up for a season and then put it back on. I commend you for being transparent about that because I do know that marriage is looked at one way in the church and I got married very early. Um, My husband and I, we have been married for, it'll be 21 years in July. Listen, but let me tell you, it's hard work. And in the church, it is, it was very difficult to find someone to be transparent with us as a young couple. Absolutely. Everybody told us about the dress. Everybody told us about the day. Everybody told us about how to make sure that the church women ain't winking at your man. Mm -hmm. But they didn't tell us how to make it survive. Wow. And my husband and I were separated for a while. Wow. And one of the blessings of COVID is that we had we have reconciled and wow, that's awesome. Move things forward and counseling and all of that. So where you are, we were almost there. Mm. And it's, <laughs> I, I don't wish it on anybody. I promise you, it is not the most uh, exciting thing to deal with in life. Oh, absolutely not. And it's different when you're in the church. Mm-hmm. And what is not talked about is when it's not going so beautifully and when it's not, you know, this church fan image, Correct. nobody talks about it. And so I am very proud of you that Thank you, you, I mean, you came out the gate with it and I'm saying, okay, sis, baby sis, let's <laughs> talk about it because that's what we like to do with sister conversations because you know what? That's how we heal. Absolutely. And one thing that I am committed to doing is making sure if I can make sure that nobody will make the same mistake Mm -hmm. that I made. If I have any say about it, you won't ever say that you've been in my space and I held something back from you Mm -hmm. from messing yourself up because I can show you the (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. So you got the button, the sticker, the star. Honey. 
I got it all. I got it all. And so I'm happy that there's a young sister out here sharing her truth and not being ashamed of it. And of course, as you said, you go through that shame. You go through the guilt um, because everybody is looking, saying, well, let's see how this unfolds. Right. (laughs) Who did what first? (laughs) Who fouled? Uh Who did what? Who messed up? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Everybody's saying, well, let's well, let's see how this is going to go. And absolutely. You know, it's funny that you say that because we, you know, as Christians, right, we are, you know, supposed to be like Christ and we're supposed to win souls for Christ. We're supposed to use our lives mm-hmm. as a testimony that, you know, that we are not able to do anything or have anything um, without him. And right. he is our protector. He's our provider. Mm-hmm. He is everything. And he sometimes allows us, uh, not sometimes, he does allow us to go through things for us to help other people, Mm -hmm. or he allows us to go through things for us to learn. That's right. Uh, He allows us to go through things for him to get the glory. Oh, my. Um, once you realize that, you know, this situation, whatever it is, divorce, when you lost a family member, financial hurt, depression, whatever it is, weight loss, weight gain, because, you know, we go through things as women. Oh, yes. That's Um, a part of that evolution. That's a part of that. Listen, that is a part. It's going to it's inevitable. You're going to face something, right? Be okay with it. Be okay with it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Life is going to happen. Oh, yes. Whether you like it or not. And whether you're prepared for it or not. (laughs) I think that the key sometimes, you know, we as Christians, we kind of like want to prepare for things like, okay, when is something going to happen to me? There is no really preparation because when life hits you, it hits you hard and it hits you fast. Mm -hmm. And most times it's when you're not really paying attention or looking for something. And so, no, I was not prepared, you know, to get married, to get a divorce. That was not the preparation, but I'm okay with the fact that it has happened. And I'm okay with the fact that I can help so many other people in the world. So good for you. Thank you. Good for you. I love that. That, that, yeah. Okay. I love that. In 2015, you were appointed uh, director of women's ministry. What have you learned about yourself since you've taken on that role? Well, okay. So when I was, when, when I was asked to take over that position, my mom, you know, was, has been over women's ministry. She now is over women's ministry now because I was going through my season of, you know, hiding and mm-hmm. going through my season of, I took a leave of absence from ministry during okay. that process. Okay of divorce. But in 2015, my mom wanted to go back to school. She wanted to get another degree and that was her main focus. And um, she asked me one day, like, you know, you're a minister, you're able to connect with women, um, whether or not they're older or younger, you know, teenage women, young adults, you know, middle age, you know, or our seniors, I always call them like they they have so much wisdom. I don't they teach me and they always say I teach them, but they teach me. And um, so I was appointed over that position. What I learned most about myself is that I was so connected to so many different women, even though I didn't maybe not know them or I may not have known their story or um, I learned so much that I had a heart for women's empowerment and making women feel like it doesn't matter what life happens, doesn't matter what life throws at you, doesn't matter what you're going through, that you're going to make it and you're going to be okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it like being a single woman in 2021? Ooh, girl. But love Christ. Let's say that. I have this conversation with my married female friends and my single female friends. Um, being a single woman in 2021, especially after, you know, dealing with the world shutting down and COVID and virtual, you know, you can't, you know, connect, you know, me as an extrovert. I mean, like I'm an extra extrovert. Um, you, you know, I feel as though now I'm um, more prone to my feelings and what I want and what I don't want and what I like and what I don't like before, you know, not saying that COVID changed all those things, but um, as you grow older and you mature, you have that list in your head, you know, these are the red flags, the do's and the don'ts. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you're kind of more open to things. And sometimes in dating, it's like, all right, the getting to know you phase. What do you like? Who do you know? Are you in ministry? If you don't, if you're not in ministry, can you understand? You know, I work, you know, and mm -hmm. um, I balance, you know, so many different things. I'm so many different things for so many different people. Dating in 2021 now um, is interesting because I think more people are open to dating and dating outside of what they thought that they wanted because life is short now, you know, like anything can happen tomorrow and we're back at home on mm -hmm. shutdown and lockdown, mm -hmm. but making the most of it and being setting those boundaries. Cause I always got to tell women, like, if you don't set boundaries when dating, you're going to dating some people that you're wasting your time with understanding that even though it doesn't work out as partners, you can still be friends. Mm. And I have a lot of male platonic friends, you know, not romantic, but I like to hang out, eat out or talk to. Um, and sometimes, you know, your girlfriends can give you girl advice, but sometimes from a male perspective, oh. it's completely different. And we don't really honestly realize that because Absolutely. we're so like, all right, it didn't work out. So I got to cut them off. No, mm -hmm. it's okay to be friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. How is it being in ministry and young? How do you minister to your peers in this season? Ooh. My friends always tell me that I'm the strong friend. I'm the go-to. Um, I can give the best advice. Um, how do you minister to your friends and still, honestly, you got to be real. Got to be first honest, That's first right. true within yourself. And then you have to make yourself available to your friends. I think oftentimes we're not good friends because we are, we don't know how to be good friends and somebody hasn't shown us to how to be a good friend. But I minister to my friends just like we sit here talking today. You know, we can go out for dinner or we can go out for coffee. It may be a walk. Um, it may be just blowing off steam, but we sometimes over-spiritualize like, oh my God, I've got to this deep moment and it doesn't have to like price was like no it doesn't have to be so deep and you gotta have a church hat on and mm -hmm. you gotta have stockings on in order to minister to people <laughs> like no we can be at you know on u street having a great time and then the, the revelation comes or That's someone right. then starts sharing something mm -hmm. and then you automatically kind of like flow into that segment it's not a whole spooky thing you know i minister to my friends daily i send daily affirmations you know like if i'm sending daily prayers or you know if you have it is anybody have any prayer requests for this week or for this month? And we do that, you know, for each other. It's not just me. There's things that I desire that, you know, my friends pray for and, and, and vice versa, you know? So it's like, a I love the fact that, you know, you have that sister circle, you all, you know, and it's, you need that mm -hmm. in order to like, oh, yes. honestly survive yes. at this point in time. Yes. In life. 
Yes, that's real. Now, you talked about transparency. I sometimes get in trouble because I'm very transparent. Me too. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes. I know. And then you got to go back and say, did I say too much? And the older I get, the more I'm having conversations with Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. because I want him to shine through me and I want him to speak through me. So I find myself now, the older I get, on the way somewhere saying, okay, you know what I'm supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Let me know where to stop, where to cut it off. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because I think when I get on my soapbox, that's one of the things that is lacking in the church is that transparency. Mm-hmm. And I think we get it from mom and them and grandmama and them because what goes on in this house stays in this house. Right. And we have, as black folk, we have mastered the gift of privacy. Absolutely. The gift of hiding. Mm-hmm. To speak the truth is kind of shameful. Right. To some. And so I find that I am often drawn to folks who have that ability of, I call it, don't give a damn. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That is me. (laughs) Oh, honey, I think I'm the captain of that one. Woo! To the point that I'm saying, okay, I need to get it together. That's freedom. Yes. You know, of like course it is. The church, the church sometimes makes us feel like we have to live in like this bubble or this perfect life or this glass house. And, you know, the reality is everybody's dealing with something, right? Whether or not you choose to tell it, I could care less. But why would you not, you know, help someone else, help mm-hmm. another sister, help another mother, help yep. another daughter, go, you know, help them go through that transition or that process or you know that hurt or that pain because oftentimes like I said the church is like a facade like everybody has to you know they got their hair done got their makeup on they got their best church outfit on but they get in that car and then they're cussing each other out mm-hmm. or they're talking about somebody where they live you know leave with pain and hurt and anger inside their heart um d- you know dealing with family secrets or so much so much stuff that we as the church kind of shy away from because we want things to look and seem as they're so perfect. And reality is we go through the same things that people in the world go through, you know, who, who are not saved. And then the people our peers go through, you know, they may not tell you that they went through sickness or, you know, they may not tell you that they lost their job or right. they may not tell you that, you know, their husband, you know, they were separated for a season and how they were able to overcome that. They may not tell those things because they're so afraid of what may get out. Or what, how will people look at? Oh me? my, yeah, we're we're here. We're here. <laughs> people, look, people know us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we have to be careful what we share, but it's important to share. Absolutely, it is important to share. Your bio says that you have that you are prepared to lead this generation. What do you think it takes to lead this generation, twenty twenty one? 2021, I think first transparency. Yeah. People want to know, Mm -hmm. are you real? Is this a fake or a phony? It's almost like buying a a knockoff or buying the real thing. Baby. Like, I want to see the tag to make sure it's real. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, People get scammed out of friendships. People get scammed out of relationships all the time. Um, And we read about those things online, like, you know, in in, on social media, the shade room, you know, some of the stuff is juicy, but people want to know, are you like me? Can I relate to you? Because if I can relate to you and you're just like me, 
then I can be open and honest and transparent with you. There's no transparency with people. People scam people, you know, they make believe because, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, we can post what people, you know, the good stuff, but who posts the bad stuff, the ugly stuff. Oh my. Um, being a leader in this day and age in 2021, I'm 34 years old, right? I need people to understand that they can trust me, that I am not fake. I'm not phony. What you see is what you get. I may have a good day. I may have a bad day. I may be up. I may be down. I may go through a season of hiding. You know, I may go through a season of financial loss. There's so many different things we can talk about, but people want to know, can they relate? Are you real or are you the knockoff? I think that also how we how I can lead this generation in 2021, not only being real, raw, transparent, honest, um, you know, being relatable is sharing time, quality time. People want to feel connected. And we went through the season of COVID with so much disconnection, right? We weren't able to see our mm -hmm. family. We weren't mm -hmm. able to see our friends, your coworkers, you know, your routine schedule is kind of off. If you're like me, I like to go out. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm in this house, you know? And I, I promise you, I took my dog outside like 10 times a day <laughs> because it was just like, you know, being alone and the dog, I'm just like, I gotta get some fresh air or I gotta go for a ride. So people want to spend quality time and that quality time with you makes them feel like connected. So I know what it feels like to be disconnected from someone. And I know what it feels to be connected. It's like you're in sync. It's like I can look at one of my my homegirls or my girlfriends and say, look, you you got you look like you happy, but it's something underlying behind that thing because we spend quality time with each other. If I didn't spend quality time with my friends, I wouldn't be able to discern if something's really going on. So honesty, transparency, can I relate to you? Are you real? Are you fake? Are you a knockoff? But are you going to be able to spend time with me? And the spending time, you know, with any relationship, whether you're married, platonic relationship, your girlfriends, your cousins, your families, you got to sacrifice some things yeah. and make set that time aside in mm -hmm. order for people to feel like they are wanted, needed um, or that they matter, honestly. Yeah. So are you still in ministry? I am. So at the first of this year, January 1st, it, it was like a, a each year um, I pick a word and I choose that word to be like the theme. Oh, my God, my dog. My theme. Can you hear him? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's Sorry, fine. guys. <laughs> We can, can we edit this part out? No, no. I want, I'm going to keep it. I'm like, he was asleep, so he must have woke up. What's his but, name? Um, his name is Kobe. Okay. Hey, Kobe. That's Kobe, y'all. Okay, baby. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Not only with leading, but I feel also, you know, sometimes that we are not understanding each other. Like people kind of like, if I look at you on Instagram, like, oh, she got it together, X, Y, and Z. We kind of like stereotyping, you know, honestly. And I just hope and pray that in the season of coming out of transition with COVID, that we're able to reconnect with people again and not reconnect with just people, with people, but reconnect with Christ again. Every year you pick a word. Yes. So well, my what, what is your word for this year? One was to live, right? To live. And, um, I wanted this year because 2020 and 2019 was so like awful for me. Okay. Um, 
you know, I went through a season of restoration. That was my word for 2020 and God restored so much because I lost so much in 2019. Um, but in 2020, um, my word was restoration. He restored me. But my word for 2021 was to live and I'm going to live every day. So Come I on. said yes to God Woo. in January 1st of 2021. And that yes to him was for me to be back in ministry, to be back helping women, to be back, you know, having Bible studies, having study groups or meetups, you know, doing things like this because for so long for two years I went through a season of hiding and I knew that God still was dealing with me but he was also preparing me for these moments like today helping women empowering women I believe that when God asked me to do this that this definitely was ministry mm-hmm. in its own way because we yes. cut up and have a good time too which is ministry yes There is a woman who is listening and she is that 2019, 2020 crystal. What do you have to say to her? I would say to her is it's okay to be down, right? 2019 and 2020 was such a down, like two years. We're talking, you know, I'm not talking like one year and then the transition. I'm talking about two years where I was beat up. I was, you know, depressed. I was, you know, overeating, not sleeping. I wasn't myself. And I had to realize and take accountability. Like I'm not myself and I'm not giving and producing my best self to others. And I asked God for a break. God, it's too much. I don't even know how to handle this. You know, I'm going home every day. I'm crying. I lost friends. I lost, you know, relationships that I I cherish. I lost me. And it's okay to be in that down space. I can look at it from the other side now. And whoever is listening, that sister, that that daughter, that mother, aunt, you know, the cousin, that sister who's listening, it's okay to be in a down space. While you're in that down space is the time that you should be closer to God journaling. You should, you know, start your daily affirmations, prayer. I mean, a therapy. I mean, let's talk about it. We don't really talk a lot about it. Oh, my. I pay my copay, girl. Listen, okay. (laughs) I tell people all the time, I love God, but I love my therapist. Okay. Mm. Shout out to Go Go Ann. (laughs) That helped me. In that down space, that down season, realized it was okay to be down because I was so broken and so hurt and filled with so much pain and embarrassment that I was still trying to function like regular crystal. And I realized I can't do that. Like I'm I'm worse off right now. And I was starting, it was starting to affect not only my work, but my family and my relationships. And so I had to, you know, set the boundary. I'm in a season of hiding. I'm in a season where it's just me and God. I don't need to go out. I don't need to hang out. I don't need to be social. I may not need to, you know, do this with this person or do that with this person. But my daily activities included going to work and coming home. You know, I cooked, got back to the basics of just understanding that this is what life is going to be like. But in that time and that season, I spent so much quality time with myself and God that I realized who I was. Like there were certain things I'm like, they ain't even important to me anymore. But I thought that's what I wanted. Yeah. It's okay. You know, that's a part of the process. It's a part of the story. It's a part of the testimony that in that down season is when God like kind of like, like jumpstarted me almost. It was like, you know, he gave me like a reboost and said, okay, you've been in the season long enough. You've now become this, you know, 
free person, free woman that you no longer are bound by what people say. You're no longer bound by the marriage or the divorce. I'm no longer bound by what happened and you can live again. And January 1st of 2021, I said, God, I want to live again. I don't want to die. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be depressed, but I want to live. And I woke up every morning saying that I still do it today. Like my friends, like you wake up every morning all happy. I'm like, some days I do, but some days I get in my prayer closet and I journal and I get with God and I want to talk about living and doing something purposefully that day that signifies living. It could be going self-care, going to get my nails done, going to get my hair done, or it can just be laying in the bed and just relaxing. So uh, I encourage you, whoever is listening today, um, to spend that quality time, not only with God, but spend that quality time with yourself. That's good. I'm happy for you, baby sis. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you have a new podcast that you have joined a team. It's called The Final Statement. Tell us about The Final Statement. I'm excited for (laughs) y'all. So we, um, the final statement is like three guys, three girls. Um, we all did not know each other. It's so funny because people watch um, and listen all the time on Monday. So it's every Monday at 9 p.m. And uh, there was one central person who knew, uh, you know, basically everyone. And he bought us together. His name is Tim Plinton. So shout out to Tim. I met Tim years ago. Um, he's active in ministry under um, Bishop Rudy McKissick's ministry in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, you know, during the season of COVID, we had, you know, shared on a couple of sessions together um, with another mutual friend of ours. And uh, he's like, Crystal, you know, there's so many hot topics in our generation that, you know, we talk amongst our friends, but we don't talk about publicly or, you know, you know, amongst the Internet. And so final statement is a group of three guys, three girls who we did not know each other. Everybody didn't know each other. Um, And we have joined a friendship and a bond. And it's just a conversation. There's some female perspectives on things. There's some male perspectives on things. Do we agree all the time? Absolutely not. We talk about what's going on in the culture, in the black community, um, black businesses and the hot topics, you know, the shade room. Everybody loves the shade room. So we're like the virtual shade room. We want to talk about the things that maybe, you know, Christians don't talk about in their Bible studies or they may not talk about on Sunday morning. And um, we're all Christian based. There is a pastor that's on there. Um, So we have different viewpoints um, that comes from different phases of life. Some of us have been married before. Some of us are divorced. Some of us have never been married. Um, There's, you know, there's some mothers, you know, single mothers on there. There's single fathers. I mean, it's such a great variety of people that, you know, I just thank God every day for meeting that group. So. What made you join the group? Uh, Tim asked me. Tim was like, hey, I wanted I wanted to start a podcast and I want it to be real raw for young adults, um, not even just for young adults, because we don't target certain things there. We talk about everything. And the age group of our viewers have like fluctuated up and down from, you know, people who are in their 60s, 70s down to in the teens. Um, but what made me join it? I, I said to God that I was going to give him my yes this year. Come on. And yes. after praying and considering about it, you know, God was like, like, why not? What's wrong with you? Like, I told you I was going to bring you into the season to allow you not only to share your story, but to help other people. I need you to just say yes. And I just said yes. And here we are. <laughs> and I'm on your show. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to check y'all out. Um, so you said it's Mondays at nine. 
Mondays at 9 p.m. Okay. So we have 30 minute segments. We have hour segments. Um, you can find us at Final Statement on Facebook or YouTube, or you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm at, at Chrissy Mac or on my Facebook page, Crystal Macklin, and I share um, the, the I share the the live shows with you all. This past week, we just talked about um, she proposed. What's the issue? I don't know if you've seen lately. Uh-oh. The women are getting down on one knee. So are you forward, sis? You know, it's just not for me. I would not um, personally get down on one knee to, you know, ask any man to marry me. Yeah, I think it's a bit much. <laughs> it is. And I, it's interesting to see how the culture has started to embrace it. And, you know, there's different viewpoints on it. Just for me, I just couldn't do it. So what do you think makes a woman say, this is it. I'm going to buy the ring. What you what make you? I think what you think is that what it is? I think. Come on, let's have some some real girl time. Come on, pull up. Listen, (laughs) I just think honestly, it's just you know, if you've had those conversations, you're dating someone, right? And you're like, okay, where do we go from here? We've been dating for X amount of years, whether or not it's one year or ten years, because it doesn't really matter these days. Or six months. Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, as women, we we look at that biological clock and we say, all right, time is ticking. You know, I got to have my kids by this. I want to get eight. Mm -hmm. That was me at one point. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to get married before. I turned 30. I want to, you know, have two kids, have the dog and, you know, we vacation and life is great. And that is what, you know, honestly, society kind of really shows you that that's what the blueprint is. Um, And it's okay to get married in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But for some reason, this culture now has shown us that women can do the same thing as men. And, you know, maybe it's tradition. Maybe it's the traditionalist in me that you know, I just can't imagine, you know, being that impatient or saying, you know what, today's the day. I'm going to plan this whole thing out with, you know, the photographer and the family and the posters. And I'm going to get down. I mean, I'm like, I got on five inch heels. You want me to get down on one knee and propose? Honey, like, listen. I think I would have to agree in patience because what would <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to figure out what would make me go out and buy a ring for a man, gather all these people and then me get down on one knee. And I'm saying <laughs> and me get down. I'm saying, girl, get up, get, get yourself up. up. <laughs> saw one on Instagram, which is how this whole conversation started on final statement. And I just couldn't believe I mean, it was like so many people. It was like she like went big, you know, it was like, like a regular proposal. And the guy I was like, this, was he happy? Like, is it awkward? Like, I wouldn't imagine my I think my friends would probably think I was crazy or I bumped my head mm-hmm. I said, girl mm-hmm. i'm planning this big proposal for me and my man i'm gonna i'm gonna propose i'm gonna ask him to marry me they would be like are you okay <laughs> right and as a man i'm wondering from his perspective is he pissed or embarrassed embarrassed because what if he went out and bought the ring already what if mm-hmm. he was planning something and here you come being fast Mm-hmm. That's true. It's the impatience or fear of the unknown, you yeah. know, wasting time. I mm-hmm. think also, too, is a mm-hmm. big one because, you know, I, I know people who've been in relationships for five to 10 years and they never get a ring. And I know people who've been in a relationship for 12 months and get and get a ring, you know. So um, the comparison also is such a deadly thing. Baby. In our society. And it's it's you know, scary. Oh, it's scary. It is scary. 
It's scary. I just want to be me. I don't want to be like nobody else. I don't Listen. want what you got. I just want what God has given to me. And I do not want to compare because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you gonna have a story and have a time with what you got. And I already got a time with what I'm telling with. So keep your stuff over there. Well, and the thing about it is people have no idea what they're rushing into. Marriage is hard work. It is hard. It takes two to tango. <laughs> totally different look. That's a totally different story. But I think just the impatience, the comparison, mm-hmm. impatient comparison, mm-hmm. timing, mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. of the unknown. Am I going to die alone? You know, mm. nobody wants to. And it's OK to be single and never get married. You know, you don't have to be married to be successful. That's right. not right. What, where do we get the point to say that success equals, you know, relationship, marriage? But people think that. Right. We have a lot to learn as ladies, yes. but together we're going to do it. Yes, it we're is. Do it. Okay. Do it so I it. ask every and do it. What? Do it big. Come on. Go big or go home. That's so right. I ask every woman what I try to. Who is the woman you admire most past or present? And what would you tell her that she doesn't already know? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. That is a very good question. Um, I admire so many women and I would have to say, I was like trying to think of who I could, I could easily say, you know, my grandmother, she passed away in uh, 2005 um, to breast cancer, cancer she had um, battled for, you know, quite some time, ovarian cancer, lung cancer. My grandmother was the rock to our family. Mm -hmm. Like she just, I mean, she was like the social bird and, you know, the big time chef. And it was like, everybody goes to my grandmother's on Sundays and, you know, we have company, even our friends, like, is your grandma cooking today? (laughs) You know, um, what would I tell her today that she doesn't know is that grandma, like who I am today is because of you, your strength, your, your tenacity, your integrity, um, your prayer life. Um, your determination. Honestly, um, I feel like I have, I carried her spirit with me um, because there was nothing that that woman ever went through that she did not first acknowledge her relationship with Christ and that she did not overcome and and beat. And she just never lived a, a defeated life. You know, it was like so empowering to see her battle with cancer, have to do chemo, radiation, come home, you know, and cook, you know, for my grandfather and still be the social bird that she was and still wear so many different hats and stuff. And it just amazed me of how she was able just to do it all the time. Like it was nothing. Yeah. And she was like superwoman. Like literally she was able just to do so much stuff and she was staying with her, her brothers and her sisters and she would be active, you know, with them and then, you know, be active. It was just like crazy how she was able to just, you know, multitask. And who I am today is only because of what I saw in her. She used to tell me like, Crystal, you ain't gonna get no man playing outside in the front yard or the backyard. Girl, you better get in this kitchen. And so, you know, the chef that I am, I don't say I'm a chef, but I do, you know, do a little couple of things in mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. But just her personality and her charisma and her charm is all, you know, I feel like I instill. She is like such a role model for me. So nice. 
Well, thank you. I feel like thank I gained you. a little sister today. Absolutely. I'm like, I love new connections, you know, yes. old friends, but the new, the new connections, which was one of, one of my prayers for 2021 as well is to God to bring me, um, or bring people into my life with good hearts, good mm-hmm. intentions, mm-hmm. you know, heart for Christ, heart for people. Cause I love people and it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, and I look forward to more connecting moments with Absolutely. you. I gained a big sister. Yes, you like, did. Yes. You better call me anytime. Yes. I love it. Reach out anytime. And maybe we need to do a play date with Cadence and Kobe. Yes, because Kobe likes to play, as you can hear. <laughs> when he doesn't have the attention, he's like the neighborhood watch. So if anybody like walks by, he's going to start barking. I love it. Which you guys heard today. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much for coming on and being transparent, sharing your heart sharing who you are, your journey. And I am believing that that request that you prayed that God would allow you to live again. I am praying that he overtakes you with that. I am praying that he pours back into you every bit that you lost, double, triple. And I am looking for the seeds. I'm looking for the buds. I'm looking for the harvest. And I'm so excited for this season of abundance um, because the Bible is true. Absolutely. Though you may sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. So enjoy this is a joyous season. Enjoy right your <laughs> season of joy. Absolutely. This is Crystal Macklin, and we love you, and we are thankful that you Thank joined you us too. today. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Sister Conversations with Ayana Blake. Be sure to subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast app and sign up to join our email list at www.sisterconversations.com. See you next week. And don't forget, bring a sister with you.